It's good to see everybody here this morning. Sorry, my throat is a little off this morning, so if I sound unlike Jeremy, don't think that this is some strange alien hostile takeover. I'm good to go. I feel great. I sound horrible, but that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much normal for how I live life. Um, yeah, it's good to see everybody here. If you're visiting with us, fill out one of them cards on the back of the pew in front of you, please. Stick around so we can get to know you better this morning. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Just a couple of announcements. It's, uh, they're in your bulletin, but just as a reminder, food pantry this Tuesday. Talk to Bud if you're interested in helping. So, 39ers, excuse me, this Wednesday, but before that, Hunter on Mardi Gras is leading us in a study on alcohol and drug use. Tuesday night here at the building at 6 p.m. Couldn't think of a more apropos subject for that day. Uh, Wednesday, 39ers are meeting here at the building at 10.30. We're going to be watching a video of the building of the Ark Encounter. Is that still what's going on? Okay. Uh, and lunch? Fried chicken. Hey, come on. If you don't know what that is, I don't know why you live in Louisiana. Um, bring side dishes and desserts for that. And then Saturday, Thursday, we'll do the Everyone Can Sing, final one for that. Saturday, March 5th, sign-up sheets in the back for the Master Smoker. It looks like some of the lists are getting filled in, but we still have a few open spots for that. If you're willing to sign up for that, that would be fantastic. I know Joe and Karen would really appreciate the help on that. And also, we do know that March 5th is Doc's birthday, right? And so there was a request put out that she needed, we needed 98 birthday cards. You know there's at least 98 people at Boulevard? At least 98 people at Boulevard that Doc has touched in some way or another with the life that she's lived? At least 98 people that owe her a card at the very least. I encourage you, write, write a card to that sweet lady. Uh, she's been a fantastic blessing to me and Sonny in our time here. I know that that's been the same for everybody else that she's come into contact with. Get her a card. I know she'll appreciate that, and you'll make that lady's day. You know, give her a mountain of cards that she's going to have to work through, uh, through all of that. This morning, we find ourselves at the last part of 1 Peter. If you haven't opened your Bibles there already, go ahead and turn over there. We're going to close out 1 Peter this week. Lord willing, we will pick up with 2 Peter next week as we go into it. And I love how Peter has led us through the progression that he takes us to, that he ends with this concept that we're going to be talking about this morning. He has made it very plain that we need to be working together on this. As in following Jesus' example, as, we are the, as he is the pattern that we're tracing, the life that we live, the light that we are shining is not our own, that it's the Lord's, but yet we still have to do these things together. And when it comes to the idea of working with someone, most of us, and if we're actually being honest, most of us are willing to go the comic book route rather than the reality route, okay? Where you really don't want to work with anyone, but you want your own solo book, okay? You want to be Wolverine. Even though Wolverine is an X-Man, he still has his own solo book. And guess which is most popular in the comic book realm? The solo book, Batman. He's a member of the Justice League. But guess which is most popular? His solo book. 
We don't like the idea of having to work together. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because it means you have to trust the person that you're working with. You actually have to depend on that individual. And how many of us are comfortable, look around the room, trusting and depending on one another? Because Peter gives us some very pointed instructions here. And the whole idea we need to really wrap our minds around on all of this is that God, Jesus, is not calling us to be lone wolf Christians, to work by ourselves through all of these things. And the tools of warfare have changed throughout history, right? There was a time that there used to be one-on-one battles, right, where they were fought by champions. Um, think David and Goliath, right? Goliath goes out for the Philistine army. He's making the challenge. And what is it? Ch- if you beat me, we'll be your slaves. If I beat you, hey, we get some more slaves on this. And so it becomes a champion battle. And when the champion either rose or fell in battle, that would embolden the others to follow along and do what they were supposed to be doing. And the enemy is de- demoralized and they flee. But what happens over time, historically, is that battlefield tactics change, Okay. Uh, soon, what we see being developed is what will be called the phalanx is developed, and it's used to varying degrees of success. Greeks and the Romans will use it really well. The Persians couldn't get it figured out. Uh, that's why some of their battlefield tactics didn't work the way that they thought. But as we read through this final portion of 1 Peter chapter 5, I'd like for you to draw your attention to the similarities of the phalanx. Now, we understand what the phalanx is, right? The phalanx was nothing more than men standing shoulder to shoulder with their shield in front. And each shield overlapped. Now this phalanx could be in a square formation. It could be in a V formation. It could be in different formations. But the whole point of the phalanx was that if I'm standing here, guess who I'm protecting? And guess who's protecting me? Those to my left and my right, and that it was meant to be this way, and that the most seasoned veteran would always be at the front of the phalanx, would always be at the point if we were looking at it in a V, and it would work backward to the least seasoned. Because you want the guy who's been in the fight the longest actually up front leading. You want the man who's got the experience to help and protect and do all of these different things. So keep that in mind as we read 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Or 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, <clears throat> I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, 
prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So at the heart of the text, guys, is this concept that we all really like, humility. And the reason I say we all really like that is because we're all so good at it, right? How many, you know, where you wake up in the morning like, man, it's hard to be humble, but I'm going to do it even though I'm perfect in every way. Some of you at least know the song. Thank you, Olivia, for laughing. It's good to know that check cleared this week. But humility is one of those things that I think as Christians we honestly do struggle with. You want to know why? Because humility means that I have to put someone else in front of me. I have to put someone else's needs and concerns before my own. And we don't like that. It goes against our nature. Yeah, it goes against the way that we think the world works, and it's completely in line with what the gospel has taught us to be and who we are supposed to be in Christ. But so at the, te- the center of this entire text is humility. And I want you to think of, from this point moving forward, humility is a shield that each of us carry and each of us has to choose to put into use as we are serving one another in this thing. Okay? Uh, the elders, all, from the elders all the way down to the little ones, all of us are expected to be humble in our service, not thinking that we are better than someone else, but that we are working toward helping one another in this goal. And this is what made the phalanx so successful on battle, in the battlefield. Because everyone, from the oldest to the youngest, from the most seasoned to the least seasoned, all of them were working together as equals because they understood that to work together as equals is going to benefit the whole. It's not going to actually elevate one over the other. And that this leadership from the front, or I should say leadership in the front, as they're moving across the battlefield with everyone else locking shields, locking steps, moving. And there's records, guys, in the historical record, there's records of these guys getting out onto the battlefield and breaking formation, running out, and just starting the attack all by themselves. And here's the deal. It didn't matter if they went out and killed 150 of the enemy. When they came back, they were publicly ridiculed and beaten because they left the formation. You want to go out on your own and do this thing and put your brothers at risk? That's not what this is about. We don't get to choose to go out on our own on this thing. When we claimed Christ as Lord, guess what else we claimed? We claimed the body as family. We claimed the leadership that God had put in place. And you know what we said? We'll submit to that leadership. But, 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 but I didn't say, yes, you did. And that's Peter's point. When you laid claim to the gospel, when you followed in the footsteps of Jesus and his example, this is actually what it meant 
This is what it looks like in the real world. You don't get to pick and choose because you're working as a unit through all of these things. Because the purpose, and the per- same as the purpose of the phalanx here, guys, the purpose of the phalanx was to minimize casualties while at the same time demoralizing the enemy. There's records of the enemy fleeing the minute the Spartans started showing up on the battlefield. And they would win a victory without even shedding blood. When each of us carries that shield of humility, when each of us works in concert with one another, while being subject to our leadership, our chances of success increase dramatically. But it wasn't just meant to be a stationary tactic, right? I think at times we think of the phalanx as something, you know, especially if you've seen that movie 300, right? Where you've got the Battle of Thermopylae, which, okay, just a quick historical sidebar. We do know that there was more than 300 Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae, right? And it wasn't just Sparta. Athens was also involved in that battle. And there was probably 3,000 that were actually in, the, in that section, but I digress. We often think of it as a stationary battle tactic, right? Where they're going to form up and we're just going to let the enemy come to us. And then that way we're all tight and secure in our little bubble and we don't have to worry about going anywhere or doing anything, but we'll just sit right here. When in all actuality, this tactic was meant to be used across the battlefield in motion. They were not meant to just stand there and wait for the enemy to come to them. And what would end up happening, imagine this, right? Both enemies moving toward one another, not like the big Braveheart running at each other like we often think of, but both armies who actually can do this formation moving methodically toward one another. And then they would meet in a huge clash, or actually we could probably think of it as a scrum. You guys know what a scrum is? Rugby, right, where you just got nothing but heads knocking together as people are trying to move and push, and well, in the case of <clears throat> the Greeks and the Romans, stab and thrust with their weapons. But they're actually moving in toward each other. They hit this big scrum. And look at Peter's point when you take this idea and apply it to what Peter is saying here. He says, earthly, imitate, earthly enemies may imitate this tactic. And you can think about this in terms of Nehemiah. You remember the story of Nehemiah, right? They Nehemiah's got them all lined up. He's building the wall. And what do they start doing? They start talking smack, trying to get them to break apart so they can find a little chink in the armor and they can move in. So the enemy understands that this is a tactic. And if they can break up your unity, you will lose. Because Satan's out there roaming around, just waiting for one of you to step out of formation. And he's going to gobble you up. But if you are with you, when you're with your brothers and sisters, there is strength to be found. And guess what the enemy can't do? He can't snatch us out of formation, guys. We choose to leave it. When we're unified, when we're being led like this. And that's why it's important for us to constantly be on the alert. Why do we need to constantly be on the alert? Because I'm not just looking out for me. 
I'm looking out for Nick. I'm looking out for Sissy. I'm looking out for Bud, for Robin, for Ina, for all of you. Because if I'm humble, hmm, and I'm putting you before me, who am I concerned that the lion's going to catch? I should be concerned that the lion's going to be catching you. You're concerned that he's going to be catching me because you're concerned about me. And we're all working together in this thing and watching each other's back through all of it. Because everybody is in this spiritual scrum. You know, how many times have we felt like we were in this thing alone, all by ourselves? A lot. Any of, any of us ever experienced that? Where we're going through something, we're like, man, I know I'm the only one that has to deal with this. I know that I'm the only one that's going through this. But did you notice what Peter said? Knowing this, that the same experience are being, suffer, are being accomplished by your brothers, the same sufferings are being accomplished by other people. You know who's telling us that we're going through this alone, right? The lion who's just waiting to gobble up somebody. He's the only one telling us that our experiences are individual and nobody else has ever had to deal with these things. Because the truth of the matter is, if we're going through something, then guess who else is? Our brothers and sisters are. You know what uh, happens when we buy that lie? We stop being concerned about the safety of our brothers and sisters. We stop worrying about working together. That the only way that we have a hope of standing firm, okay, is understanding the truth that we are all in the same formation. We're all in the same fight, guys. I'm not doing this alone and when I'm struggling. And this was one of the beautiful things about the formation historically. If one of the members was struggling, guess what they would do? They would send someone who was stronger to take his place. So he never left the formation, but he was moved to a position where he wouldn't compromise the strength of the formation. If you're struggling, why do we keep it to ourselves? I'm going to tell you why. Lack of humility. A lack of humility causes us to say, I'm doing this all by myself. No one has ever experienced anything that I've experienced right now. No one will understand. They won't actually help me. Trials, persecutions, and sufferings aren't unique. And they don't change. And if we can buy into the lie that we are alone on the battlefield, we're going to find ourselves out on our own. And isn't that the point of what the reading was from Ecclesiastes? 
How many of us enjoy actually being alone in this thing? I don't think if you're being honest, anyone does. I think we all really appreciate the, the camaraderie, the unity, the support, the edification that all comes with being a part of the kingdom, of being a part of the body of Christ. I think we all really appreciate that. I think we all really appreciate what God has intended for his people to be. I think where we struggle, and I say we, okay, I think where we struggle is that we don't often remind ourselves and each other of the fact that we're in this thing together. That we're all on the same battlefield in the same formation. And that for whatever reason, we develop in our own minds silly controversies uh, to keep ourselves aloof or separate from each other. We forget what the main thing is, allowing other things to get in the way. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the, if we can keep the main thing, the main thing, if we can love God, if we can love our neighbor, and if we can be humble in our service, we can accomplish everything that Peter is talking about in the text. It begins with our elders and the example that they set in their service. And if we honestly believe that our elders don't understand that it begins with them, uh, we probably don't understand our elders. That these men do take this role seriously. They are concerned with the direction the body is going. And if we're not actually praying for them on a regular basis, as a body, we are failing them. They deserve our prayers. And, by the way, they deserve our support and submission. And it begins with them and they understand that. It continues with humble submission to each other. We can do this really easily, and I'm going to tell you why. We can be humbly submitted to one another because we have all submitted to God. We've all agreed that that's what we want to do and what we want to be. And then this brings about this perfection, right? It doesn't mean that we're perfect, but God views us as perfect. It puts us in our proper condition. It causes us to stand firm. It strengthens us, and it becomes a foundation for our lives. And that's what God's grace is doing in each of us. But it's not going to happen if you leave your shield at home and you don't pick it up every day and work it out. So here's the deal. <coughs> Excuse me. I got my shield and I'm ready to put it to use. Who's willing to get in formation with me? Let's do it. Show the world. Let's show the enemy that there's no snatching up anybody. Let's look out for each other. Let's cover each other on this. Let's be who God intended us to be. The light shines brightest when we are working toward his glory. That we can do this. 
We can be this. And I think that that's Peter's encouragement to us. None of us are going through this thing alone. None of us are facing challenges that no one else has ever faced. We're about to stand and sing a song that has been, this time has been traditionally used, which is a good thing, by the way, traditionally used to help us open up to each other, to embrace the truth of the concept that I recognize that I'm not the only one going through this. I need your help because we're all on the same battlefield. We're all in the same formation. I need, I need some help. You need counsel. You need prayers of the body. This is that time to humble yourself, to do these things. It's also the time that's available uh, for you to just make the initial steps of acknowledging who Jesus actually is. See, the rest of us, we've been following Jesus, and we've been tracing his pattern of life, and we've been living according to the gospel, and even we have challenges as we go through it. That doesn't mean that we are all living perfect lives, but that we understand what it means to be redeemed because of our submission. And you're ready to take those steps and confess him as Lord and be baptized. This is the time to make that known. Whatever we can do for you this morning, the elders encourage you to know that there's time available now as we stand and sing, but also one of them will be in the back room uh, to meet with you in a more private setting if that's what you need. Let us know while we stand and sing.